Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the Courtside Sound Up Podcast. Today, I'm Josh Shivanoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega, the man, the myth, the legend. A lot of stuff to talk about this week, fellas. It is going to be an MMA-packed card. If you're not an MMA fan, might as well skip this one. If you're not an MMA fan, why the fuck do you listen to the show? Anyways, but that, <laughs> whatever. Regardless of all that, guys, Bellator won. UFC Bellator again. So much, so much to go over. But before we go over that... We'll talk to you guys about an amazing sponsor of the show. Support for the Courtside Sound Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over technology developments to provide you, to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive li- offer for our listeners, and that is 20% off plus free shipping with the code COURTSIDE20 at manscaped.com. Obviously, man, Manscaped hooked, hooked us up with some stuff back when we started sponsoring the show. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Give a nice, clean shave. Um, I look phenomenal. Angel feels phenomenal. Um, it is, it's a fantastic product, guys. So go ahead and go show your support. Courtside20 at manscaped.com. And once again, you know, that's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Courtside20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So, uh, as we talked about, uh, talked about last week, um, no UFC, so we don't have anything to recap. However, we do have a little bit of Bellator to recap, my man. Uh, Bellator 255, Bellator's debut on Showtime. Before we get into the results, man, I got to ask you. So, Bellator went ahead and overhauled um, their production. They overhauled their announcing team. Now there's no longer no Mike Goldberg, no Goldie in the booth. Now it's Big John, Josh Thompson, and obviously Mauro Ronaldo, a bunch of production switches. What were your th- overall thoughts on the card and kind of the switch to Showtime on last Friday's card? I mean, the production was good. Quality was great. I mean, it was it, it was really just perfect, I thought. I mean, I, there was nothing I didn't like. I'll put it like that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I thought it was a nice change of pace uh, just because Bellator needed to kind of get back to this place where, like, I enjoyed watching. Like, I actually, I had fun in the Bellator card for the first time in a long time. Uh, that DAZN era was pretty strange. And, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer not to talk about it, honestly. Um, <laughs> that was, it was pretty bad. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm a big fan of Showtime and kind of the Switch. And there was no better event because this, this event, for the first time in a long time, I feel like any time Bellator historically has done these big cards, they've just had some really weird shit happen. Um Bellator 138, I want to say. Kimbo Shamrock, they had a super strange, weird fight. Uh, Bellator 149, Ken Shamrock, Coist Gracie, ended with a knee to the balls. Um, Bellator NYC, Angel, we watched that one together. I don't even need to go over half the crazy <laughs> shit that happened there. Like Michael Chandler's leg breaking, but like it was just a nerve, and like, you know, Fedor Mitrion double knockdown. You know, it was, it was weird sick, shit. Though. That was awesome, though. That was that was a great card, but very very strange. Aaron Pico losing in seconds. This card for the first time in a long time, just a straight up good card, man. Uh, main event obviously Patricio Pitbull Fredier 
defeating Emmanuel Sanchez. First fight, as I mentioned last week on the show, very, very close. This time, you just see how much Pitbull has evolved. The guy that gave him a lot of problems the first time around, just pure domination this time, knocking him down, putting a beating on him, ended up submitting him, choking him out cold at the guillotine. Angel, my man, where does Pitbull go from here as far as well, I mean, we obviously we'll talk about where he goes from here because it's a tournament. But like, <laughs> it's not. Let me rephrase this. Uh, I think his trajectory is kind of set, pound Josh. Pound status. Where do you see him now? Given that he's dominated both for so long, and I saw a lot of people saying last Friday night after his win that he is the greatest featherweight on the planet. He might be, man. It's actually kind of crazy how good he is. Um, thing is, like, it, it, you know. I love to see him fight a lot of guys. I think him and, and like I said in the past, Wokonoski would be like a great matchup. They're both kind of smaller, really compact guys. I think carry pretty good power. I think Pitbull is probably has more power than Wokonoski. Uh, and in 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 the in the skill set so different and the style so different. I think the matchup would be so fun because uh, I feel like if if he got a win over some like one one guy, if one of the guys in the UFC fought him, I think that would solidify him as number one. I think that's what will. Always give him some doubt because I think he has tested himself against really good guys. It's just that there was guys that I'd love to see him fight that he can't fight. Mm-hmm. I do th- I do think he could pretty much – I'd pick him to be probably, if I remember right from the UFC power rankings, from champ down to two. I think you know those give him hard fights, but I think he could beat everybody below that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of in a similar place, man. I mean – it sucks that we don't see him in the UFC. I'm sure he's making a really good money in Bellator because he's kind of the face of promotion. Uh, I do probably have him as probably the third best featherweight on the planet. I think him and Volkanovski would be very close. I don't think him and Max would be very close just because I think Max Holloway is still evolving. And I thought he beat Volkanovski the second time. And I think he's the best featherweight on the planet. That's another discussion for another day, though. I think Patricio Pitbull is, is one of the greatest featherweights on the planet. It sucks we won't get to see him against UFC guys. But as far as seeing him against guys next, dude... Next fight up, AJ McKee. This is what I said. It, there's no better way for Bellator to have possibly scripted this tournament, dude. I mean, 16 men, and we got the absolute best possible result. The face of Bellator, the all-time win leader, the double champ, Patricio Pitbull. Obviously, 32-4, and four, bona fide Hall of Famer, pound-for-pound pound elite, taking on AJ McKee. 17 and 0, never lost. One of the greatest prospects in this sport and one of the greatest stars in Bellator, dude. How excited are you for that fight? Ah, uh, dude, just the level of intensity. Like right after they came, they both came into the octagon and started talking, dude. There was something so, I don't know. It felt so raw. It was almost like a uh, something I usually don't get in the UFC a lot from face to faces that I got in that moment. I get it more from boxing matches, and I got it in that moment from. Uh, from them to the the kind of energy they were giving off and and they were they kept their cool too which i liked a lot but you know they, they did their shit talk and and they, they really hyped me up man i'm almost like you know uh pitbull and mckee over fucking wokonoski or right now that's the way mm-hmm. i feel <laughs> yeah man this is this is the best argument bellator has for you know like okay let me rephrase this is going to be the best possible fight bellator could ever put on um, at least right now, throughout their entire promotions history, which is, Bellator has been around longer than Pride was, which I found out the other day. Kind of fucking weird. They've been around for 13 years, but nonetheless, man, uh, two guys, just so much like 
success behind them. And it's rare to find that for guys outside of the UFC that have never been in the promotion. That like a lot, of the, a lot of the guys that are outside of Bellator, even guys we'll talk about later on the show um, that are in big fights in Bellator or in one or in other promotions, they have that success in the UFC, and that's what makes them big. These are two dudes that have never fought in the UFC, and you just know they are so damn good because of what they're doing. And I'm so psyched for this fight. Um, I know the betting odds are going to be super, super close, man. I, I mean, I'm psyched for it. This is the best fight Belt could put on, and soon, I'm too. super hyped. And like you mentioned, dude, that stare down in the cage, there was just something so raw about it. I'm like, man, this this is going to be dope. This is going to be a fucking dope-ass fight. But, um, yeah, man, moving on to the co-main, Jason Jackson defeating Neiman Gracie. Um, I, I didn't agree with the decision on this one, but what did you think about the fight itself? It was weird, you know, because when the eye graze on the cage happened, I, I thought that really fucked up the momentum of the fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I, personally, I didn't think that he won the fight either. Uh, I completely understand the argument, uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I did not agree with the decision at all. I thought the wrong guy won that night. Uh, I mean, good for him. He has two big names now on his on his uh resume, and I guess moving forward, uh, I mean, you, he's gonna keep getting uh, he's gonna keep getting those big names, man. I mean, uh, the thing is, you got to put up the performances. I think he did do good against Neiman. I just thought Neiman won the fight. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty much a, the same place I'm at. I thought he looked good. Uh, I mean, I thought he, he did a lot better on the ground against Neiman than I thought he was going to be able to. Oh, yeah. I thought Neiman clearly took it, though. Um, like, I was pretty damn surprised. It wasn't like an egregious robbery where I'm like, oh, man, that's bullshit. But it was like, oh, that's that's kind of a weird decision. Um, didn't ruin the card for me because overall, I mentioned on the top of the show, this card was phenomenal, man. What were some other fights in the card you wanted to go and highlight? Uh, let me see here. Let me just go down. I mean, the Usman uh, fight was good. I, uh, Mike Hamill really brought it to him. I mean, he didn't he didn't end up giving him any difficulties, but I I, I liked Mike Hamill's uh, toughness. You know, I thought he uh, made Usman at least try to work for it a little bit. You know, even even knowing that. Uh, Usman had it pretty much in full control. There was no doubt in his mind at any point. You know, Mike Hamill was a tough dude that they put in front of him, and I thought that was a good matchup there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's, as far as that, I thought it was a great debut for him. It didn't, like, completely... It wasn't, like, a complete destruction or anything, but I thought it was a pretty good performance. Um, I thought Alejandro Lara had a good performance. I thought she won that fight on the main card opener against Conor Watanabe. Um, Tyrell Fortune getting a nice knockout and a rematch against Jack May. Man, depressing fight of the night. Roger Huerta, man. Just hang him up, my man. Just please, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna go Joe Rogan. Like, you know, you'd be surprised. You get fucked up. So, like, I'm not gonna give <laughs> Brandon job treatment, but you might have to, it's, Josh. It's, it's time, my man. I, I, I love Roger Huerta. Dude's, dude's a straight up legend. Um, one of the greatest, like, early day, like lightweights. Like, he's kind of the guys. He's one of the dudes that established that division. I mean, he's all the way back at UFC 63, my guy. So, I mean, it sucks to see this happen. And I don't know, man. But anyways, as far as that goes, still still a overall very, very fun card, except for that. Um, but, man, speaking of depressing fights, so one championship, there was a there was a, was a card that happened, one on TNT. We were very excited for it, you and I. Yeah, um, it was. I was excited. And then what happened was just... It wasn't bad, right? Well, there was one. Okay, we'll go ahead and go over this part real quickly. I said I wasn't going to talk about it because it pissed me off, but I will talk about it. Eddie Alvarez uh, opening up the main card. Disqualification one minute in 
against Lurin Lapricius. Uh, he took down Lapricius, uh, landed some shots to the side of his head. I thought they were pretty clearly on the ear. I want to get your opinion on that too, but I thought they were pretty clearly on the ear. Uh, Lapricius goes down. Um, Eddie with some hammer fists, and he's DQ'd because apparently they were on the side of the head and, uh, somehow, I guess. Um, and they were really just taps on the side of the head too. But anyways, man, what what you think about that, about the disqualification? I and, mean, uh, the, I saw I saw the full clip, right? And and there was one that did eventually hit what was sort of the back of the head, but it was one in comparison to what I think the ref saw. I, I, I can't – did the ref say anything? I couldn't hear him. Uh, I did not hear the ref say anything. Yeah, I'm surprised there was no verbal warning. Usually all the refs are like, watch the back of the head, you know, or something like that, right? They usually tell you something. I thought that was kind of a a, a mistake on the ref's part too because, I mean, isn't isn't his job to keep both fighters safe? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that applies to both of them to keep one from, you know, obviously not getting DQ'd because you want, you want to do as little as you can to prevent the competition from being skewed by anything that isn't the competition itself. So I thought that was a big mistake on the ref's part if he didn't say anything. And I didn't hear the ref say anything, so I kind of had an issue with that. And, I mean, as far as the hits, I mean, they looked pretty pretty close to the ear. I mean, the, the, at least from what I saw, there was some that might have been just slightly behind the ear. Obviously, you know, it, it happens sometimes, right? But, you know, I think the verbal warning should have been gaming. Uh, I think the straight into the DQ was kind of ridiculous because it wasn't the most criminal thing that's happened in all of MMA. There's been a lot worse shit that's occurred. And for that to be the DQ and the way it happened and for Eddie to be kind of – especially for the fighter that was in that position who was having a lot of success to lose it like that was really shitty because Eddie had him controlled on the ground, man. I mean he was Eddie was looking good. Eddie was back to his roots of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And to see it be ended like that really sucks. And we don't know what could have happened. Maybe the position change would have happened if the fight would have kept going on, and uh, Lapricius would have been able to do something. But it, it was probably the, it was one of, like honestly, as far as a whole, and you know, you know, across all the promotions, I'd say the only one that hasn't had a bad moment yet is probably well, actually no, I'll say like as far as all MMA promotions, they've all had like a fucking weird moment. The UFC with the fucking win by DQ and 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 the eye poke and. And the eye grazing on the cage that happened that night, and uh, I mean not not that night, but uh, last Friday in, in Bellator, and and then the shit that happened in one this this last Wednesday, it's just like dude, all this weird shit's been happening in MMA. Yeah, man, and part of it is just it's I gotta say it, not yeah, not I'm not gonna say this to be like consulting, but the first thing I saw I thought whenever I saw this happen because it was a debut, they're on national television, it's a huge deal. My first thought when I saw Eddie get DQ'd, I'm like, that's a Bellator moment right there, my man. That's a straight-up Bellator moment. Um, just, like, for one of the bigger stars of promotion to get just disqualified immediately. Um, it sucks, man. I felt, I felt really pissed off. Now, I, did, I was pissed off to start with. I became more pissed off progressively throughout the night because the next fight we're going to talk about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, you and I have long proclaimed him as either the GOAT or one of the GOATs. Um, I think that's almost inarguable. Um, some people like to argue, oh, competition, blah, 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 whatever. Um, 11 title defenses in the UFC, that's a record. You know, pretty much the, the GOAT, Flylight, not even close. One of the, you know, someone is so cool. I don't, I don't have to give you his fucking resume. Everybody knows Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Fighting for the one championship title, he just won the one Grand Prix. 
Um, and he's facing on Adrena, taking on Adrena Morais, who apparently one said they've eliminated weight cutting, um, but DJ was in there fighting a welterweight, so whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, it's a good fight up until the second round. Uh, DJ shoots for a takedown, gets hit with a right uppercut. Adreno jumps on with some ground to pound and proceeds to hit DJ right in the face of the knee because that's perfectly legal. But I know it's the rule set, but it's a stupid rule set if knees to the face are perfectly legal. Here's a fun, another fan, fun fact about one. Soccer kicks are illegal in one championship. Go look up Roger Huerta getting knocked out by a soccer kick. One of the most brutal things I've ever seen. That's perfectly legal. But – Punches to the side of the head, that's that's and that's a no-go for me, bud. Anyways, jokes aside here, uh, suck to see DJ lose like this, man. It just shows that all the GOATs have their day, you know what I mean? Like, even even the greatest fighters of all time have their day. I mean, what did you think about the fight in the main event? It was heartbreaking, dude. I saw the size of the man, and I was like, what the fuck? Granted, though, I did I did find out recently that, uh, that uh, flyweight is actually 135 instead of 125. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have a 125 division. It's not called flyweight. It's actually called strawweight. Josh, did you notice? I actually did not know this. Okay, yeah. I knew that he was fighting at 135. I didn't know they had that their division was called strawweight though. Yeah, which is weird. I don't know why they just changed the name. <laughs> but yes, they do have a strawweight MMA division where the weight they have to meet at is 125, which is interesting. I wonder why DJ is not fighting there to begin with. Uh, instead of uh, fighting at flyweight, which is actually bantamweight for them, I don't know. So I don't well, know. it's because because one has eliminated weight cutting, mm-hmm. so DJ has to fight at 135. Mm. So the guy that you saw in there, that that's a 135 pound man, same as DJ. <laughs> so you know, and you can look up DJ's other past opponents, and you can even look up Eddie's opponents and Sage. Oh, did you did Shortcut and Cosmo Alexander look like the same weight to you? <laughs> it was it was you know at least Sage looks big so at least it's close. Whatever I I just one is such a shady organization that I do enjoy their fights but it's still a really shady organization like Shatari always always saying that like they're getting a billion viewers and shit like that like same. half of their Instagram followers are fake you know what I mean like you ever like it just it just it just bugs me as, a corp- as like a corporation. That being said though. Yeah. Adrena Morais is fucking legit, bro. I mean, I would love to see a rematch between those two somewhere down the line. Yeah. Um, and DJ so- said DJ was down for it, too. Yeah, size difference aside, I think they're probably going to make DJ fight one more time or maybe two more times before he gets to fight because he had to fight three times to get even get the title shot. Um, He's still holding the Grand Prix title, though. He did win the Grand Prix title. I'll, I'll give him that. So I, I expect he'll go ahead and get back to that title. Yes. And I'll be surprised if he wins it. But, dude, Adrena Marais, I even give him the first round. He looked phenomenal. So, shout out that kid. So, as far as it goes, man, yeah, that was all of the MMA that happened this past week. Um, But don't worry, Angel. We still, we still got a lot of stuff this week, my man. Coming this Saturday night, we get to see Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland live on ABC for five rounds. In the morning. <laughs> no, in, not in the morning. Early in the, day. Yeah, it was... It's a uh, – I'm going to be at work for this one. It's yeah, a 3 p.m. Central time card. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just, just, <laughs> yeah, it's on fucking ABC, dude. Like, what the fuck are they doing? This is like whenever – well, they did this last time too with, with Max Holloway. Oh, dude, I was, put, so, I was so pissed. I don't know why they do it. Which, by the way, 
oh my god, ABC Family, you know what I mean? Like, all those ABC people just tuning in to see this fucking bloodbath. Max Holloway nearly killing a man in the ring, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know, right? On some Fuck. Rocky type shit. Like, oh my god. Yes, god. it really was some Rocky type shit. Rocky didn't have, <laughs> Rocky went the distance, but it was not worth it at all. No, he didn't. But I was more, well, I mean, I, what's his name? That's some Ivan Drago type shit right there. Yes, if he dies, he, he dies. Us, so. <laughs> oh, it's just God. an exhibition. Anyways, yeah, so back to the fight. Um, Marvin Vittori, man, obviously coming off of a nice win last year against Jack Hermanson, making his way up the division, known as Izzy's Kryptonite. Um, Kryptonite. <laughs> that shit's funny. <laughs> most, he most notably took Israel Adesanya back in 2018 to a split decision. That was a terrible split decision, but it was a split decision. Um, since then, he's beaten Cesar Ferreira, Andrew Sanchez, Carl Roberson, and now Jack Hermanson. Obviously, stepping in on short notice, replacing Darren Till is Big Mouth Kevin Holland. Uh, those of you who just are casual fans of MMA are probably thinking, didn't you guys just talk with this guy a week ago? Yes, we did. Kevin Holland, <laughs> um, last loss to Derek Brunson back in March, March 20th is the date. And it's going to be this, the fastest quick around tied with Michael Bisping forever between two main events. Um, obviously, Bisping got choked out by GSP and then knocked out by Kelvin Gaslam. Let's hope things go better for Kevin Holland, who last lost to Brunson. Now he's stepping in against the top-ranked Vittori. My man, I've, I've told you off-air how, how little I am appetized by this fight just by virtue of it's a really bad matchup for Kellen Holland. He did not look great last time out. Very short notice. That being said, though, I mean, what do you think about the fight itself? I mean, it's not it's not terrible. I think it's I think he has a good chance. Do I think he'll do anything with that? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I think the issue, man, is it's 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 just the, the I think Marvin's just too big for him. I think he'll clutch him a lot, make it difficult for him. Not 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 a. Allow him to do anything uh, to find any success. It, it it's just it's too overwhelming, man. It really is. Um, put him up against the cage. Maybe he'll come in there and bang with him. But I think even if he does, it's not a smart idea for Kevin. Kevin's gonna have to fight an extremely technical fight if he wants to be able to be Vittorio on that night. And there's no way that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more focused. I could tell. Uh, he he he's unsatisfied for sure. Uh, which which is all the good signs. You can tell he 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 wants to to, to avenge his uh his loss and, and and at some point get that rematch. At some point, he's, I think out of all his losses, he said he hasn't rematched any of those or been able to get a rematch on them. So he'd like to do that at some point. And if he gets the win here, shit, the hype turns back on track. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and and then uh the one thing that kind of sucks here is if, if Victoria wins this fight, it doesn't do a crazy amount for him. It does get him back. It does give him another win. He continues his win streak. He gets another decent name on his record, but it's a guy who, you know, if he beats him, it's like, well, shit, he was on, you know, like a week's notice, uh, notably unfocused, you know, and you and probably should beat the guy. So if he does lose here, it's kind of like, damn, what are you doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's all set for Vittori here for here to for him to win here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and as far as that goes, it's completely set up for Vittori. This seems like his big moment. They kind of had this little middleweight Grand Prix sort of thing going on where it's like there were 
obviously four top middleweight contenders all fighting in the span of two weeks. Obviously, next week we got Whitaker and Gaslam. This week we got Vittori and Holland. Originally Vittori Till. There's no way Kevin Holland's getting a title shot if he wins. I Wait a second, think... Josh. You forgot another another group of guys who are fighting. You forgot. Oh man, don't. You forgot Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall. Chris Weidman and Uriah Chris Weidman coming for that. Dude, <laughs> Weidman probably out there like, I'm a really bad matchup for Israel Adesanya. He really is, though. Like, I'm not trying to be funny. Are you serious? I, I think just the wrestling. Uh, outside of that, nothing else. <laughs> I love I you, my man. You are high if you think Weidman is a bad matchup. I shouldn't say he's a bad matchup. I think he's an interesting matchup, and he proposes some interesting challenges if he's able to get to Izzy in the clinch or on the ground. I'll give you that. I think prime Weidman would be a really good challenge. I don't mean, think man. now what you mean? <laughs> Wait, what? What you mean, bro? What you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, bro. Nothing. I'm not saying anything. I don't, I'm not saying anything. Um, just that if he fought like how he did against Omari Akhmedov and he was dying three minutes in, he looked like me going up. Like He looked like me, dude, like three minutes Brent, past Brent, that. Though, that's one of his, that was one of his early returns. He's still trying to get used to everything. You know, I, know, like, I know. But and I love Weidman, dude. I would love to see Weidman get out there and just – well, I also love Uriah Hall. I hate that fight, dude. Straight up. like I love both those dudes, so I really don't want to see that happen. And similar for Gastelum and Whitaker. You know what I mean? Like, those are my boys. Dude, uh, if Whitaker loses there, I don't even know what to say. If Whitaker I mean, loses, I'm going to be really upset simply because he – how many times are you going to make him fight top five guys? To give you know him- what's crazy, though? I could see them giving make him fight another time after that. I'm absolutely sure they would, too, because it's like – But then at that point, though, it's kind of like – Okay, it's kind of. I'm not gonna lie. It'd be kind of cool if he did, because it's kind of like, okay, motherfuckers, it's, you know, it's who's, badass. It's really it's badass. Pretty, it's, it's really badass. It really is. But it was badass him, like even fighting Cannoneer. You know what I mean? Like, is he because he's literally going off of, um, and beating these dudes that that Izzy was like, you know what, you you win this fight, you get a title shot. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 what he's doing. Like, See, he my, said that my, my issue is though. The then what are you gonna is, beat him? And then, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I was gonna Cannonier, say, my, and then you beat him. Oh, you're right. But the thing is, my issue is it's like I feel like if he does if he does beat Gaslam on on the given night, uh, that they're gonna be like, well, shit. I mean, Gaslam was on a losing streak anyways, and he won one fight. So, dude, that's dude, that's exactly what they're gonna. For some reason, Dana hates Robert Whitaker, and I know that like he's one of the most entertaining guys he has though in like the whole promotion, which is weird. I don't weird. know if it's Dana though. A part of me wonders if it's Izzy because I know that you know. And here's the worst part, right? Izzy knocked him out in the second round. That is true. But that was a really competitive fight. Like, for the first round. No, I was kidding. There were two exchanges that Whitaker really lost. And obviously, he got knocked down in the last second of round one, and then he got knocked out in round two. There have been, dude, like, there have been significantly worse fights for dudes to have lost in a title shot. And then immediately, Jorge Masvidal is getting a title shot next. What are we doing here, man? Like, um,. And it's not like while well, we're here with some chump as champion. I mean, he beat Romero twice, beat Jacare, beat Brunson, beat, beat Hall, Tavares. You were there for that. You were I, there we for were that. there for that. That was dope. I was surprised at that, too. That was a big upset at the time. Um, and obviously now he beat Till and Cannoneer. And he just bodied Cannoneer. Like, that wasn't even close. So, I, I don't know, man. It, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. I think they will try and screw him if he does not, um, if he does not win. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. 
there's a lot of 185 to like. Um, and in case you guys can't tell, the fact that we just spent five minutes on a fight that's happening next week, I I said there's a lot to like in the middleweight. This fight's not one of them. I'm not very excited for this fight. Not because I don't think it's going to be bad, um, but I don't have a whole lot of faith that Kevin Holland's going to be able to pull it out. I don't think it's going to be very entertaining. Um, Marvin Vittori, I think he's going to run right through him. I think right now he's on he's on a hot streak, man, and he's very determined. He's very angry. Um as his tradition for Marvin Vittori at this point, he's very upset. Um, and that's a bad, <laughs> that's a bad thing for the middleweight division. I think he's going to go out there, probably a decision win. I think the only way that Holland's going to be able to pull this out is he gets a knockout. And dude, Vittori has a, a huge head and it's made out of steel. So I don't think, I don't think he's going to get the knockout. Um, but dude, co-main event, I'm more excited for the co-main event than the main event, my man, Arnold Allen, 16 and one undefeated in the UFC amazing British prospect taking on Siki oh, Sodiq Yusuf almost says right name wrong about to get canceled bro um Sodiq Yusuf 11 and one <laughs> undefeated not. in the UFC last beat Andre Feely in 2020 got a gold nice wins under his belt same for uh, Arnold Allen my man uh, what do you think of this co-main and who do you got you know, um, I'm a little sad because and I get why they do it it's it's these two young guys who who are uh very early on, like we were hitting their, those primary years in their in their athletic career, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm excited. Uh, they're both two very talented. They got Arnold Island, super well rounded. It's been a little while since we've seen him. Sudik, not too long ago, I should say. Uh, and then Sudik also uh, carries crazy power. Might be the strongest guy of that weight class, at least as far as power. I wouldn't say like physical strength, but at least is that power in the hand, man. And, and and his athleticism is 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 definitely well above Arnold's. I, I didn't the better more athletic, or he's he has those athletic capabilities. I should say, you know, there's guys who are really good. Like for example, there's guys like Ben Askren who weren't like great athletes, but were really hardworking guys who who were really good at what they did. You know, and mm. there was guys who were really athletic. Like, <laughs> well. You know, I hate to say it, John Jones, <laughs> and made a really good career out of being a really athletic and also really technical at the same time. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little, I'm a little torn up on this matchup. I think the the way I've heard it is a lot of people are actually sleeping on Sadiq. You know, I think Arnold Allen is the favorite going right now, but Sadiq is kind of like the 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 real sleeper pick. People are sleeping on him. I don't know. I've gone back and forth on it. I think I'm gonna pick Arnold Allen. I think he's more you know, well-rounded guy, but at the same time, Sadiq has a lot to, you know, to provide to. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out. I think either guy can come out on top, obviously. They're matched up against each other. Uh, and the guy who wins this kind of gets those bigger names, uh, you know, Calvin Caters, the Beats, the, the Yairs, the Max Holloways at some point. So there's a big fight for them. Yeah, man, this is a huge fight for both of them. And as far as it goes, man, I'm... I'm really high on Arnold Allen, man. And this, this is a kid that has impressed me each step of the way in his UFC career. Sadiq Youssef has also impressed me, but at the same time, I also thought he lost to Andre Feely last time out, uh, just being honest. And I'm also going to take Arnold Allen, man. I mean, this is a guy that's just each step of the way, he's just looked completely dominant. Um, dominate Nick Lentz. Dominate. That fight against Gilbert Melendez was brutal at times. Um, that was a straight-up just... It was it was a fucking clinic he put on him, and I love Gilbert. So, 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Arnold out, my man. I'm going to go ahead and take him in the co-main. As far as for the rest of the card, though, was there anything in particular you wanted to go ahead and point out? Ooh, there's there's actually a couple. I'm actually I actually have a couple people I want to name. First of all, you, you know I always need to give a shout out to the friendly podcast, Mike Platinum Perry coming back. Same kind of sound for this one, Josh. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. I saw. But he's a talking. kid now, though. He's 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 like I, well okay. Um, <laughs> I saw him talking about that about how like he's kind of he's he's calmer now that he's got a kid and he's he's chilling, you know. Is he having and a cowboy moment? I, I thought that, and then I remembered, like, did you see the video, like, two months ago of him kicking a hole through, like, the, the window in his house and bleeding out on the ground? Did you see that video? Yes. That was, that was like, two months ago. His kid's been born for, like, six months now. Like, Has it really it, been that long? I don't know. Actually, let me let – me, I don't give a shit. I'm not sure. I'm not going to look this up. I'm it's pro- Probably not. It's only been like three or four months. Granted, right, though, within, within the, uh, leading up to the fight, though, there's been relative silence, though. There has like, been relative silence. I will give him that. I've heard that he's training in an actual camp. That's what um, I heard, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so we'll see. He's training out of MMA Masters. Um, Was it right? I believe that's in South Florida, but don't quote me on that. I, I, I've i heard of that camp before, but I don't know where. Mm-hmm. Um. I have to look it up later. Yeah, man, he's taking on a D-Rod. Daniel Rodriguez, man, should – I thought he beat Nicholas Dalby last time out. He's still 13-2, and two, showed a lot of potential to the UFC, beat Tim Means, knocked out Dwight Grant. I don't know, man. That's a tough draw. That's a tough draw for your first fight back for Mike Platten. I think it's a tough fight for both guys, right, at the end of the day. Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, another friend of the podcast showing up, Sam Alvey. Yeah. Sam Alvey, friend of the podcast, taking on Kansas City's own Julian Marquez. Um, That's going to be a fun fight. Now, like will Julian Marquez be able to rebound after completely fumbling the ball with <laughs> Miley Cyrus? It's it's yet to be known. Um. But joke aside, I'm psyched. For, this might be the fight I'm most excited for on the entire card. It's close. Really? Um, that's a lie. It's totally Mike Perry, Daniel Rodriguez. But this, <laughs> this, 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 that was a straight-up lie. Uh, but this fight has a lot of potential, my guy. I mean, Sam Alvey, whenever he's this facing like somebody that, bang, like, dude. is an actual, like, dude who comes to comes to bang, like, he actually brings the fight to him, it's always a lot of fun. Julian Marcus has had zero boring fights ever. Um, so I'm really psyched for this fight, guy, honestly. And then... Dude, on, on the undercard too. I mean, actually, not even the undercard. This this fight night's awesome. Nina Ansarov, now going by Nina Nunez, um, is taking on Mackenzie Durden, dude. That's an awesome fight. Also, a terrible fight for Nina to take after a two year layoff. Very bold decision. Didn't Mackenzie have a kid not too long ago though? Or am I wrong? I think it was someone no. else. Well, that's what's weird, because Mackenzie had a kid and then returned, like, immediately. Uh, she um, she had a kid in June of 2019 and then returned to fight in October 2019. Hey, man, she killed it, though. She'd been yeah, killing she it. Yeah, she did kill it. She's, she had a she crazy 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Two, three in a row, all 2020. Yeah, two finishes, and, I mean, you know, that's a tough fight for Nina Ansaroff. Okay, Nina Nunes now, right? Nina Nunes, yeah. Okay. It'll be a lot of fun, though. And then on the undercard, we got a lot of stuff to like as well. Jim Miller's back, taking on Joe Selecki. Scott Holtzman, taking on Matez Gomrat, should be a lot of fun. Aaron Blanchfield, 
I, I've been hitting on a couple of my prospects lately. Um, Miranda Maverick was one that I've shouted out. I'm going to go and shout out Aaron Blanchfield, my man. Um, this girl has a lot of talent. Should probably be, probably be 7-0 and at this point. Has great striking, great wrestling. She's taking on, I don't, she's taking on Norma Dumont. Uh, that one's going to be really entertaining. Norma Dumont kicked the shit out of Ashley Evans-Smith last fight. She um, did. She did. That was brutal. So, <laughs> that's that's going to be a tough fight. That's going to be very entertaining. John McDessie's back. Jorgen DeCastro is back. Hunter Azure, man. DeJung Ung. A lot of stuff to like, man. And then the underrated banger on the card, Impa Kasinge, Sasha Poletnikov. That is going to be a banger. That's opening up the card. So I'll make sure to watch that one. You'd love to see it. Love to see it, man. And look, that's not even that's not even the end of the show, guys. It's not even the end of the show. We got more MMA. More MMA, Josh. More you're MMA. Playing, you're playing with me. <laughs> no, man, I'm I'm dead ass, bro. I'm dead ass. Um, uh, I'm the hardest working man in MMA media. Last week I was at Bellator. Once again, was at Bellator this past week. For Bellator 256, Bader versus Machida 2. Ryan Bader and Yoda Machida are kicking off Bellator's lightweight grand, light heavyweight Grand Prix, excuse me, which you and I have hyped up a lot on this show. Um, and for really good reason, there's a lot of names in there. I think Bellator's light heavyweight division is their best division. If it's not, it's really fucking close. Um, and these are the guys that are kicking it off. Obviously, this is a rematch of a fight that happened back in the UFC Back in, I want to say, let me get the date for you. I believe it was 2010. It was 2012, excuse me. Um, obviously, Machida knocking out Bader in the second round. Obviously, since then, Bader, you know, he's had some ups and some downs. Ended the UFC, left the UFC on a win streak. Came to Bellator, dominated light heavyweight. Won the title, dominated the Bellator heavyweight Grand Prix. Knocked out Fedor. I cried. Uh, lost his lost the light heavyweight title though to Vadim Nemkov, Fedor's protege, and some rocky type shit. Um, lost the title back in August of 2020. Trying to get back on the winning trails. Lieto came to Bellator back in 2019. Started off pretty good. Knocked out Rafael Cavario. Not actually, excuse me, beat Rafael Cavario via decision. Knocked out Chael Sonnen. I cried, and he's had back-to-back split decisions against Gegard Mousasi and. Phil Davis. You can argue he should have won both of those fights as well. So, Andrew, I mean, what do you think about this fight happening? And uh, what do you think about these two kicking off the Grand Prix? Super excited, man. I mean, the Grand Prix is probably the best thing going on in MMA right now, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, just the names, the the legends, everything, man. And you know, this is a rematch. That, what is it? Ten years? Ten years in the making, Josh? Nine years? Something like that? Nine years, yeah. Nine years in the making, and I mean, that was. Uh, just relatively early on, and uh, well, not that one say very early on. At that point, Bader had had plenty of fights in MMA, but you know, it, it was it was a while ago, right? The, he, the, he was a late bloomer, though. So yes, I would yes, say that was the best Ryan Bader. And and this is a, uh, you know, that was the Ryan Bader of back then. The Ryan Bader of now is it's a different guy. He was you know not as confident in striking as he is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not not the greatest striking by any means, still. Uh, and also, Lyoto was in his in his uh, you know primer years. I'd say it's better years now. He's slowed down a little bit. Still, still fights the same. Hasn't really changed his style. Still, still that karate stance. And 
I mean, at the time, man, when they had fought in, in that finish, man, it, I felt like he just kind of baited him into it. Like, he's like, oh, shit, <laughs> this guy can't hit me. Hey, you know, uh, uh, CM Punk style, right? This guy can't <laughs> hurt me. He can't fight. No, I was kidding. This guy can't fight. And and baited him into that hand, dude, and, and, and put out Bader. But uh, I think this would be a different story on on this given night, man. And on Friday night, I think I think we'll see Bader come out on top this time around. Yeah, man, it's it's a really I'm really psyched for this fight just because I think you kind of mentioned it. Um, seeing how these two dudes' careers have gone since then, I gotta say, man, I'm a Ryan Bader mark. I've been I don't know why, but ever since I saw Bader fight like years ago when I was first getting the sport, I'm like, that's my guy right there. I don't know why. Probably just because of his nickname, Darth Bader. That's I love that shit. You'd love, love to see it. it. Love to see it. But I love it. You know what I mean? Um and since he's came like since that fight, you can just tell this dude's evolved a lot. Um, he's improved his striking significantly. He's like he has that punching power. Like you can just go back to even I'd say like probably the worst example I saw of it was whenever he fought Rumble. He looked terrified on the feet. Now Rumble can do that to a lot of people, but just he looked that same way in nearly all of his fights, man. I mean, he just looked terrified to be there. Especially if it was on the feet. Since then, he's evolved, man. He's improved a lot to the point to where like he's comfortable striking on the feet with anybody. And I do think Lyoto is older. I do think Lyoto is a live dog. I think a lot of people are just kind of saying, "Oh, they're, they're throwing you know Lyoto to the wolves for this one." I think Lyoto should have won his last two fights. Um, so especially the Musasi one. So he, he's he's older, yes, but his style's aged very gracefully in MMA, which is pretty rare to find, especially considering I thought back in, like, 2017. I'm like, oh, this is going to be rough, man. Like, whenever he got knocked out by Brunson and Yoel and Luke Rockhold, everybody's knocking him out at that point. But um, And then he won four fights in a row, and it, he should arguably, arguably be on a six-fight win streak. So uh, it is what it is, man. I'm going to go ahead and take Bader, but I would not be surprised to see Leoto win. So I'm going to go and take Bader in the first, uh, first fight of the light heavyweight Grand Prix, which, like you said, one of the greatest things going in MMA right now, I think it's the best thing in MMA right now. I'm so psyched for it. Um, I heard there's a rumor of Bellator lightweight Grand Prix. I don't know anything about that yet, but it's just a rumor I heard flying around, so you guys should uh, keep your eyes on that. But as far as the co-main, man, I, I said it last week in this card. Uh, I said it last week about this card, excuse me. I like this card more than I liked Bellator 255. One of the reasons... Being, dude, I'm a huge fan of this co-main event. Liz Carmouche, obviously, former UFC women's uh, title contender, fought for the belt once against Rousey, fought for the belt again against Shevchenko, immediately cut her for some reason. Um, now, uh, making her belt or what would it be second outing, um, her sophomore outing against Vanessa Porto, who is making her belt or debut. Vanessa Porto, a longtime Invicta. Um, fighter fought for the title three times, finally won it in her third time out against Pearl Gonzalez, won that back in 2019, moved on after beating Karina Rodriguez in an awesome fight, moved on to Bellator, man. This chick's been everywhere uh, as far as weight classes is gone. She's fought everywhere from 125 to 145, fighting at 125 now. Former cyborg opponent took her to a decision back in the day. Uh, she has the weirdest resume of all time. I just want to go ahead and say that real quickly before we talk about the fight itself. If you guys just want to go have like a weird, you know, what the fuck moment, um, just go look at Vita Porto's resume, guys. Seriously, what 
took Cyborg to a decision, beat Tanya Evinger, lost to Roxanne Mataferi, beat Jermaine Durandamy, lost to Nunez, beat Jennifer Maya, and so on and so forth. There's a couple of other weird fights, too. So it's just it's weird. Uh, but as far as the fight goes, my man, what do you think about the co-main event on this one? I mean, it's, it's 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 two legit people, man. I mean, I think it's actually kind of a sleeper fight. I mean, they're both, you know, people who at this point have gotten, you know, experience in women's MMA is everything, man, because it's it's something that's that's hard to get because there's not a lot of people who are at that hot. Like the 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 people who are at their peak is it's very few, you know, very they're just literally pick right. So so the ones who have fought the most and put themselves out there the most are are the ones who've. Uh, kind of evolved the most and that's why it's it's like these these women have such long longevity and they fight so long man because they because they have to do it and they they, they get to learn more because they you know there's not the biggest talent pool that there is compared to men you know at least at mm-hmm. this point and uh well these people you know very talented obviously these carmouche you know back in the day had the what was it was it the inaugural title fight with ronda yeah she the part first of ever ufc uh, women's fight yeah, so that 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 was that man, and then she's been a part of that, and now she's with Bellator. And as far as her talents, man, I mean, I feel like if she lets her hands go a little bit, she can get a little comfortable. And obviously, her striking is, you know, it's 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 nothing crazy, but it 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 does it does what it needs to do. I think her 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 you know best part of her game is probably her wrestling jujitsu. It's it, uh, together combined, it's gonna be great. Uh, and then Vanessa Porter on her end, man, I mean. Dude, I mean, she like you said, probably one of the most interesting resumes you could put together. <laughs> uh, also pretty talented. I mean, she used to be kind of, a, you know, not, not fully one-dimensional, but was, you know, took it to the mat, you know, focused on jiu-jitsu. Now she's kind of involved a little bit more outside of that. Uh, as far as the matchup, though, I feel, I feel carmouche on this one, man. I, I feel pretty comfortable with that pick. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this one a lot. I mean... It's definitely interesting because, like you mentioned, experience is everything in MMA, and it's really it's pretty pretty rare to find two people, two women, I should say, who've been fighting in MMA really since the beginning. I I say this applies more to Porto, um, because she was fighting back in the day where women's MMA was two rounds, um, back in 2005. So she's been around in the game for a long time, my man. Um, she was fighting back whenever rate weight classes were all over the place. Like I said, she fought Cyborg in her fifth fight. Um, she's 37 now, same as Carmouche. I went back and forth on this one a lot, man, and I am going to go Liz Carmouche. I do think the experience of just fighting the higher level like fighters just in terms of the UFC, and she looked phenomenal in her Bellator debut back in 2020 in September. I'm going to go and take Carmouche. I do think she's going to get that title shot next, which is going to be interesting. Um, but you know what, man, it's, it's going to be a fun fight. I would not be surprised to see Porto come out on top, but as far as the rest of the card, my guy, what do you see that's appealing? Ooh, man, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to, where's he at here? Let me, let me give his name. Uh, I want to get it right. Dalton Rasta, man. This is a guy to keep an eye out, man. I think he went seven and zero in the AMs all finish. We came into, you know, he's something special when he has no fights and he's fighting in Bellator. <laughs> homegrown 4-0 right now facing tony johnson got to keep an eye out on for sure man i mean that, that, that was a nice pick by you i'll give i'll give you credit and he's taking on a guy in tony johnson that is pretty good in his own right 92 knocked out joe Schilling last time out and joe Schilling is a motherfucker 
Um, so yeah, shout out, shout out that fight. That's going to be an awesome one. That's going to be the last fight before going to the main card to go back to the main card. My man, Jeremy Kennedy, Adam Borich. That is an awesome fight, man. Adam Borich obviously coming off of his time at the featherweight Grand Prix taking on Jeremy Kennedy, who former PFL, um, PFL fighter, notably was in the UFC. I thought it was bullshit that he got cut. Um, probably is. Yeah, he was 3-0, and wins over um, Alexander Ritchie, Roni Jason, and then Kyle Boschniak. He lost to future champion Alexander Volkanovsky at UFC 221 via knockout. After that, they cut him, uh, fought PFL, now made his way to Bellator, taking on Adam Borch. That should be a really fun fight. Katz and Gano fighting in, I believe, for Bellator. Actually, second fight in Bellator, excuse me. Um, looking to get that title shot against Cyborg. Which is honestly, for my money, the only interesting fight they can make with Cyborg at the moment. Um, speaking of Cyborg, man, did you hear who her next opponent's going to be? They announced it. Uh, we were there for it, man. Uh, we were there for it. Leslie Smith. So, the, yeah, I really want Kat Zingano to win here. Um, <laughs> because no disrespect to Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith is one of my favorite women's MMA fighters. She's one of the few that have actually been really notable in terms of fighting for a union. Um, and fighting for equal pay, just an MMA that, you know, a lot of fighters are going to get paid what they're worth. You know, John Jones is going on the crusade for, you know, if you don't support me, you don't support fighters. Um, but John Jones makes $5 million a fight. Less than somebody trying to form a union, um, doing Project Spearhead, which is, you know, actually trying to get fighters together to get better pay. And now she's getting that title shot I'm happy for. Um she got the shit kicked out of her last time they fought. Uh, this is a rematch of a fight that happened at UFC 198. We'll see what happens. Um, but I don't have super high expectations. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's a fight that's going down. It's going back to Cats and Gone. She's taking on Olivia Parker. Uh, Olivia Parker, not a lot of experience. Um, she's very clearly the underdog, and they're kind of throwing Singano in there to hopefully get a win. Is kind of the feeling that I get. I mean, Olivia Parker, former Invicta fighter, props to her. She's 4-1, and one, but she is coming off a loss. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And then obviously, in my opinion, one of the greatest fights on the card is opening up the card. Dan Moretz taking on Gucci Yamaguchi. Obviously, Dan Moretz, former UFC fighter. Um, really, dude had a rough draw. Dude had a really rough draw in the UFC. Faced Gilbert Burns, Alex White, and Jared Gordon. Uh, definitely not three dudes that you want to face in, in the UFC. So that's that, that's a tough draw for the man. Uh, just thinking on Gucci Yamaguchi, number three in the Bellator lightweight rankings. Um, dude, dude's a straight-up G. Wins over Ryan Couture, Adam Piccolotti, Syed Awad, Darren Kirkshake, Daniel Veitchel. One of the greatest of that division. Um, so yeah, man, I'm hyped for that fight as well. And as far as it goes, is there anything else on the Bellator card you want to touch on before we close out? No, man, I think we touched up on everything perfectly, actually. Yeah, that thing so as well. And as far as that goes, man, I mean, is there is there anything else we have to touch on the show? Because I feel like th- there's not a whole lot else going on in the sports world. Unless I'm missing something. No, we we kind of touched everything up. I mean, like we said, NBA kind of kind of getting there finally. We'll be able to talk about playoffs, and because that's kind of starting to settle down. And our end of the year awards, well, not end of the year, but end of the season awards. But I mean, there's still a lot, man. I mean, we're starting to go into May with you know plenty of regular season games. That's true. That's true. Um. So, yeah, man, as far as it goes, I guess that's all we had to close out. And um, appreciate you guys listening, as always. Um, I'm at Josh Sevenoff on Twitter. He's at AndrewTigo underscore 01 at CourtsideSound1 on Twitter at CourtsideSoundOff on Instagram. Appreciate all the love we've been getting lately on the channel. 
Um, it's been great. So go ahead and keep that love going, my man. I mean, we are the hardest working men in MMA media. John Morgan, kiss my ass. Appreciate you guys. Peace out. Peace <laughs> and buggeries. <laughs>